Well, good morning and happy Sabbath. God is so good. I'd like to welcome everybody online as well. And uh, what a privilege it is to share from God's Word. And uh, if you don't mind, if we could just have a short word of prayer again. So, Father, as we open your Word, I just pray your Holy Spirit will continue, Lord, to bless us. Lord, use my mouth for your glory. Help my mind to be clear, to share this story the way you want me to share it, Lord. And I just praise you for your love and your peace in my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. I got this watch, and it can tell me how far I've walked or ran or ride. And uh, my daughter gave this to me. But it also has an average, the heart resting rate, and what it is right now. It's gone up a little bit since I've been kind of keeping an eye on this. But I think I'll make it through. (laughs) Um, Let's see here. This got mixed up here. I'd like to open the scriptures to 2 Kings chapter 6. And we're going to be reading from verse 1 to verse 7. I'm going to read the story. And then we're going to talk about this story. That's 2 Kings chapter 6. Starting with verse 1. But before we start reading, I'd like to share with you that um, as about the middle of last week, I I still didn't know what God wanted me to talk about. And um, I had some things on my mind, and, and I was going through the scriptures, and I had, and I was... I had this next story here in chapter, um, actually in the same chapter, but the next story about Elijah that I was looking for. And this story at the beginning, all of a sudden, there was something as I was reading that caught my attention. And God started opening my eyes to this story. I didn't understand it of where the story was going what he was telling me, and I just said, well, Lord, if you want me to share this, then show me, because I don't, I don't understand this. Um, to me, an axe head fell in the water. But to God, there's a whole other story in a story here. And so I want to praise him because he has opened my eyes to see things. And a lot of this has come, I know, by spending more time with God. And in our Bible studies that we're doing and, and uh, going through Revelation and going through Daniel, um, it takes you clear through the Bible. <clears throat> and I've seen the scriptures in a new light that I have never seen before. And uh, so it's just... Blows me away how God works. So let's read this story. 
And it says, And the sons of the prophets said unto Elijah, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, and unto <clears throat> the Jordan, and take thence every man a beam. And let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he, and he answered, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place, and he cut down the stick, and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, Take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. So now after reading this story, I want you to know that it is right to go to God about matters of this kind, as well as greater issues. What wonders faith can do. Hearts may be as heavy as lead at the bottom of a stream, But when a splinter of the cross, when a splinter of the cross of Calvary is inserted, they rise to the surface and swim. But is this all there is to this story? Um, Maybe not. There is more than a splinter, I think, in this story. So... Let's explore this story a little closer and see where God takes us. So I'm going to begin in verse 4. And it says in verse 4, so he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan. So he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan. Can you think of another story in the Bible that happened at the Jordan? Well, I can think of several stories that happened at the Jordan. But the one that really comes home to me right away is Matthew three thirteen through 17. And it says, Then came Jesus from Galilee to the Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John says, But I have need to be baptized of you. And Jesus said, Suffer it to be so for now. For thus it becomes us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. He went straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. I want you to notice, it says, This is. He's not saying this was. This is my beloved Son. Which is going to play a big part in this story. <clears throat> and also, Jesus rising up out of the water plays a big part in this story. Now let's continue to look at the story. Then it says, then they cut down wood. Well, the word wood in the Hebrew 
means a tree. It also means a carpenter. That means carpenter. How interesting. So we have a tree and we have a carpenter. What was Jesus? Was he a carpenter? Did he have something to do with the tree? Let's go on to the story here. So in verse 5 it says, So as a man was cutting down the tree, the axe head fell into the water. So before we go any further, though, let's stop and think about this. If the wood means a tree, then let's go to the beginning. Let's go to Genesis 2.9. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant in the sight and good for food. The tree of life, also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I want to focus on the tree of life to begin with. So, but I have a question. What is the tree of life? Well, is it not the source of eternal life? I believe it is. Um, But what does that have to do with our story? Everything. I believe it has everything to do with our story. But before we go any further, let's go to Isaiah 5.20. Isaiah 5.20. And it says in Isaiah 5.20, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. So let's pause here. The, uh, when we go back and we look at the trees in Genesis 2.9, the tree of knowledge, the tree of life, and the tree of knowledge, good and evil, there's a good tree, right? And there's a bad tree. One tree gives life. What does the other tree do? It gives death. Do both trees have fruit? Both the trees have fruit. But one gives life, the other one produces death. You know, also in Matthew seven fifteen through 19, I'm not going there, but Jesus talks about the good and the bad tree. And he says that you shall know them by their fruits. And as we think about Isaiah five twenty. As we look what Satan has been doing over the centuries, has he flipped what is good to bad and what is bad, flipping it to what is good? He has so, he's so good at what he does, you know, and people are falling for it. But Jesus has given us the correct interpretation of these trees. And if you want life, we need to go to the tree of life. So, as we go on in this story, it says, But as one was felling a beam 
which also means as he was cutting a tree. But that word felling um, also, um, excuse me, that, the word felling can also mean perish. And the Hebrew word is nephal. And so then we go on with the axe. Then the axe fell into the water. The word water symbolically in Revelation 17.15 says it means people's nations, people, multitudes, nations, and tongues. So to put this together, you might say that the axe had perished in the waters of people, multitudes, nations, and tongues. And then the verse goes on. It says, then he cried, Master, Master, which in Hebrew is Adon, meaning to rule, sovereign, that is controller, human or divine. So who is the servant speaking to here when he says Master? He's speaking to Elijah. But what does it sound like Elijah is representing here? Is he not a prophet of God? Does he not speak for God? You know, and also, who is in control at all times? As, As cunning as Satan is, is he in control all the time? No. But God the Father is in control all the time. You know, so, and this word Adon refers to controller, human or divine. And we have human and divine being mixed together here. So let's keep building this picture. Let's go on. Keep remembering the things that I keep bringing out here. And let's see if we can build on this picture. So let's continue with verse 5. In the last part of verse 5, it says, For it was borrowed. Well, what could have been borrowed? Did the father give and let his son come down to the earth for us? He gave us his son, didn't he? Matthew 3.17, remember? It says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In whom I am well pleased. And in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That he gave his only begotten son. But did he not say in Matthew 3, 16, this is my beloved son. So it's still his son. You know, I believe that we have borrowed Jesus. But we have become one. We have become one. And it tells us that in Ephesians 2, 15 and 16, and how that all happens. So the lender gives us all eternity as one. Um, and so the lender gets back not only his son, who was the greatest witness of love, but also Jesus' witnesses, filling the void of heaven and completing God's eternal love. So now let's look at verse 6. And it says, And the man of God said, God's true prophets, I want you to know that God's true prophets always spoke under the Father's guidance. 
So you might say, this is the father speaking. He says, where fell it? You know, that almost sounds like when God was asking Adam and Eve, where are you? You see, God knew where they were. God knows where the axe head is. But let's get back to the story here. So he showed him, it says, and he showed him the place. Showed him the place. The place where he perished on a cross on Golgotha. And he cut down a stick. In Hebrew, the word is etz. Which can mean also a staff. Do you remember a story in Exodus 14, verse 16, how Moses lifted up his rod and stretched out his hand with the rod and with his staff and parted the waters in the sea to save his people? So connect that with Psalms 23, verse 4. Which says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and staff, they comforteth me. So he cast in the stick, and the iron did swim. Are you catching what the iron is? The iron did swim. Do you think that the father was with his son? During this time when Christ was on the cross? Let's go to Psalms 18. Or, yeah, Psalms 18 and 5 through 16. And we're going to read that. And so let's just open your, script, open your word. We'll go to Psalms 18. And it says, beginning with uh, verse 5, we'll start there. It says, the sorrows of hell compassed me about, the snares of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God, my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him, even into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken, because he was wroth. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils, and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also, and came down, and darkness was under his feet." When Christ was being crucified on the cross, was the Father there? He was there in the darkness. It goes on, it says, And he rode upon, the, on a, upon a cherub and did fly. Yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. At the brightness that was before him, his thick clouds passed Hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice. Hailstones and coals of fire. Yea, he sent out his arrows, his sticks, and scattered them. He shot out lightnings and discomforted them. Then the channels of waters were seen, 
and the foundations of the world were discovered at thy rebuke. O Lord, at the, last, at the blast of the breath of thy nostrils, he sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. So, as Jesus walked through the valley of the shadow of death, thy rod and staff, they comforted him with the Father's presence, Psalms 18. And the child was caught up unto God, Revelation chapter 12, and came up out of the waters, Matthew 3.16, to rule all nations with a rod of iron, Revelation 5.12, or 12.5. So, I'm going to stop here briefly. Before we go into verse 7, I want you to know this is amazing because this is God's invitation. God's gift to all people, multitudes, nations, and tongues. And it says, therefore, he said, take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and he took it. So who had it in his hand? Elijah had it in his hand. And the servant took it out of his hand. This is God's gift. When Christ rose from the grave, when he rose up out of the waters of multitudes, nations, and tongues of people, he gave us this gift. It's absolutely amazing. And it made me go to Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. And it says there, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. You see, God is revealing to us in the stories of the Bible, revelations of him. And he's given us the spirit of wisdom. And it goes on and it says in verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. He's causing our eyes to be able to open, but only as we see him in the scriptures, as we search the scriptures, God is working on our behalf. And in verse 19 it says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe, according to the working of his mighty power? And in Ephesians 2, 6 and 7, it says, And hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In verse 7, That in ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us. Through Christ Jesus. And now for the conclusion of the story. We need to go back to the beginning of the story because I started in verse 4. But there's more to the story. So let me get back there. 
So in the verse 1 of chapter 6, I'm going to break this down as I go. It says, And the sons of the prophets said unto Elijah, So the sons of the prophets, what were the prophets? Were they messengers? Did they not have a message for the people from God? And so the sons of the prophets, do they not have a message as well from God? And so I'm thinking about this whole story, and it takes me back to the kingdom of heaven. And I'm thinking of the angels. But before I get there, it said, uh, the sons of the prophets said to Elijah, and in this story, the way I'm sharing this here, is uh, Elijah was the master, remember? And remember, the definition down there was controller, or human, or divine. And um, so we have the controller here, who is God. Elijah is a type. And then it says, behold, behold now. What does behold mean? It means to see, to see. And so that our eyes would be open. Behold now the place where we dwell. And I, I told you that we've gone back to heaven in this part of the story. And the place is heaven. The place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us, it says. And that word straight means small. And I'm thinking about this story in heaven. And what happened in heaven that it got smaller? A third of the angels were cast out of heaven. And so the place got smaller. And what is God's church? Is it not his people? In the kingdom of heaven, was it not all the angels and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? And then it says, let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan. So at this time, the Jordan, where we've already mentioned, is where Jesus' ministry started. And take thence every man a beam. Every man a beam. We need to take up our cross and follow Jesus. But we're also, remember it talked about a carpenter? That we are to become carpenters as well. And let us make us a place to build upon the house of God. As carpenters, we are to build this, help build this house of God, to restore the house of God. And he answered, oh, excuse me, and it said, One said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. You see, the Father came to this earth through his son, Jesus. And they have both been with us, and they're here to this very day. And then it says, so he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, 
they cut down wood. And now you know the rest of the story. It's the plan of salvation. And in my last sermon that I gave, I shared a very long list of of, uh, situations where Jesus, when you looked at the stories, you saw Jesus in the stories. And I can't remember, it was something like 40-some different places where Jesus was like certain stories, like Joseph and on and on. And so here we see in this seven verses, we can see the whole plan of salvation. Now you might say, well, that's kind of a stretch. But I can assure you that there's nothing too hard for God. There's nothing that he can't do. And so in our own lives, no matter what the problems are, God can work it out. He is able. The problem is us. And we need to stop getting in the way. We need to surrender everything we have to God. And I believe that the way to do that is to say, Lord, I want to put you first, best, and always in my life. And I want to die. I want this person inside of me, this old man to die, or this old woman to die. And I want to be this body to be your house. I want it to be your kingdom for you to dwell in me. We think about surrendering. We think about total surrender. But I think one of the problems is we're comfortable where we're at. We're comfortable with the knowledge that we have. And we think that's all we need. But God needs all of our hearts. He needs all of our mind. And so I believe that by beholding Jesus in the scriptures and beginning the day with him and ending the day with him that our hearts, our ears can be open to listen to him and we'll be more in tune with him when self gets left behind and we take on his selfless love. So I want to thank you for putting up with me and I... (laughs) I hope I, this made some kind of sense to you. Um, so we'll have our closing song at this time. And we will be having prayer up front for those who would like to stay. Um, and if there's too many, we'll come back out into the, to the sanctuary and have prayer. And I'd love for that to happen. But I'd like to invite all who would like to pray, even if you're too scared to pray, come and join us and pray in your hearts with us. We'll pray for the church. We'll pray for the members. We'll pray for whatever is on your heart. Um, So let us sing our closing song.